Hey everyone, it's Lauren and Mark. Welcome to another edition of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. We have some great stuff in store. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, Loose Lug Nation, and welcome to episode 35 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast, produced by Double L Sports Network. We're, we're going to recap the season here as we're a few first few days into 2021. We're going to recap the NASCAR season of 2020. Uh, a lot to cover here. Yeah, man. Hey, uh, episode 35 uh, had uh, not a very popular number. Uh, Carson Quapple around here. You know, he's running a little bit around here. And um, Todd Bodine, Onion, when he ran the Tabasco car, Pontiac, an orange and green one, pretty sharp car. And for the old-timers out there, how about Dick Glazier when he used to run out at Apple Creek in the 35 uh, pizza car? Oh, there you go. Yeah, some good names there. Uh, when I think of 35, I naturally think of Alan Kowicki right away. Um Benny Parsons also drove that number for a little bit. Josh Wise, uh, Cole Witt. Um, not a super popular number, though. No, it's not. It's, it's hard to find a good 35 out there. Yeah, I, uh, I was surprised at the lack of uh, statistics on that number. But uh, when you started thinking about it, you're like, yeah, really, I can only think of, you know, five or six right off the bat. So, uh, well, let's get into it here. We're going to recap the top 20 moments of the season, in our opinion, and then also go into our season recap. So we're going to recap the uh, points in the in the season standings that we had compared to what actually happened here. So uh, I have it marked down here, Mark. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we did. All right. Yeah, well, let's go for it. All right. You start with your number 20. Number 20, it was, uh, I was impressed by all the first-time winners this last year. You know, Nora Gregson, he won the Xfinity race at Daytona. And then uh, Harrison Burton, he got his first win at California. And then A.J. Allmendinger, he won his first oval race at, at Atlanta. He was really pumped about that. And then uh, Cole Custer and got his uh, first win at Kentucky. And then uh, Sam Mayer at Bristol. When he he hopped into the Bristol uh, and did the Bristol stomp, and Rafael Lersard, he also uh, won at Talladega. And then uh, Creed, he also won at Kentucky. So that was uh, pretty impressive of all the first-time winners that we had here in two, uh, 2020. Absolutely. I could. <laughs> That's a great first start here at, at number 20. I split mine up a little bit further than you did, probably. My number 20 is Sam Mayer winning at Bristol. And not only winning, but, um, man, he was, the, he was the truck to beat there at the end. What a great job by him and that GMS team. He, uh, he dominated that race. And then uh, later on that night, he ran, uh, did he run a K&N race? And he won that too, didn't he? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yep. So that was a, a good day for him. Well, I'll start with the number 19 here. My number 19 was something that you just mentioned. I have Cole Custer winning his first race at Kentucky. So a couple of first time winners there. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was part of that list that I was on. My 19 was uh, the first time 
ever been to uh, to Darlington since 2011. And what a race it was when Ben Rhodes beat us there on a green-white checker and ended up being a super race there at, uh, at Darlington. Yeah, that was uh, cool to see them back at Darlington so soon in the season there and the trucks being there for the first time in a long time, if not the first time ever. But uh, that was that was a memorable race as well. It sure was. It was <laughs> it was super hot there. I remember, you know, because they were running that time of the season. And, uh, um, you know, me, I like Darlington. That's one of my favorites. Oh, absolutely. It's uh, man, it's cool to see that track. And it's uh, it's a driver track. You hear so many people appreciate it when they go there. You know, they did once try to take that away. They were going to actually do away with the place. And now look, it's got two two race dates again. So, ha, yeah, that's a, that's a classic. They got to keep that one. No doubt. Well, uh, let tell us about your number eighteen. Number eighteen. I was intrigued by uh, back in the back early in the season how much uh, Keselowski and Logano were locking horns, and it seemed like there was a lot of friction that was going on there in the Penske, uh, Penske stable. And, you know, we knew Brad was, uh, was a free agent and he was rumored that he was going to be in that 48 team, but, uh, he signed a one-year deal, which will make him a free agent at the end of this year. But, uh, it was something how, uh, those two competitors teammates were actually, uh, having a little spat between them behind the, behind closed doors, probably. Yeah, that was interesting. It's always interesting when you have teammates getting into it on the track. Although I will say this, when you're around the same person on track, whether it be a teammate or not, you're going to lock horns at some point. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's why it probably uh, the main reason why it ended up being that way. So, My number 18 was Grant Enfinger winging at Martinsville to advance to the championship four. That was a huge race. It seemed like he ruffled a lot of feathers to get there, a lot of contact late in that race, but he was able to get it done to at least have a shot at the championship yep. the next week. Yes, he next did. <laughs> that was, yep, that wasn't on my list, but now that brings back memories that, uh, hey, no holes barred, man. That was like WWE. That was uh, hard racing, you know, and uh, he proved that he wanted it really bad there. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good good pick by you there. And then my number 17 was Ben Rhodes versus Christian Eckes. Remember, they had that spat at Texas where Rhodes uh, got into the right rear of Christian Eckes, and Eckes went hard into the wall, and Eckes pulled a playbook from Chase Elliott and gave him the bird as he went by under caution there. Uh, ended up costing Rhodes a little bit too, but Rhodes versus Eckes was my number 17 moment of 2020. Yeah, Rhodes, Rhodes' truck was pretty used up after that whole deal. <laughs> yeah, I hope the finger made him feel a lot better. So, <laughs> And then speaking about uh, controversy or, you know, getting into it, my 17th one was uh, between uh, Burton and uh, Gregson and their little uh, fight that they had down on the infield. And uh, it's kind of seemed like uh, some people just didn't want to break it up and just kind of let them have at it. And, uh, and Noah kind of connected there on Harrison's uh, <laughs> Harrison's nose. And those guys are going to be racing for a long time. So, you know, I, I think it's probably uh, 
probably smoothed over these days, but that was a, that was an interesting little spat that they had there. Absolutely. I have that a little higher on my list. So you may be hearing that in a few. Who do you have at number 16? You know, it's also between Burton and Gregson. You know, when Gregson was dominating that Texas race at the end for him to get to the end, to get to the championship round. And it looked like it was all going to be his, you know, and, and Burton caught him somehow like five, five seconds down with like 10 to go. And he come back and he beat him off a of turn four and won that race. And that was really impressive. Absolutely. Uh, so you have him kind of doubled up there. That is uh, some couple of great moments there because if Gregson wins that race, he's advancing. And that is a huge moment. Absolutely. Good call by you there. Uh, my number 16 moment was colleague racing at the plate tracks. Uh, they dominated a couple of those races and had everything figured out. You know, Almondinger and Chastain got into it a little bit at Daytona, but Haley still did well there. Uh, after that, that was on the last lap in turn three, in turns three and four, and they just did so well at the plate races. All of them got together really well, and that was that was huge for me. You know, they uh, they they battle hard, but they're all good friends off the track. You know, so uh, it's a good 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 hard racing between all them guys on on that team. That's a good pick by you, also. And then at number fifteen, I have William Byron winning his first race at Daytona uh, to confirm him his place in the um, playoffs there. So him winning his first race at Daytona with Chad Knauss on the box. Yep, yep. That was a that was a very good win by him too. Also, right there, you know. But anybody can win at a plate race. But uh, yeah, with Chad Knauss, uh, um I thought that would probably work out a little bit better for for that team. But uh, well, it it didn't. So um, my number fifteen was uh, when uh, Moffat was about to win the championship at Phoenix, and it was like three laps to go, and he was you know just about ready to. You know, count his blessings, and a caution came out, and then he got screwed, and because uh, he didn't come in and get fresh tires, and he lost the championship at the at the end. So that, that was a bummer for him, but uh, that was quite interesting there at championship weekend at Phoenix in the trucks. Yeah, what a heartbreak for him and his team. I mean, they're a couple laps away from winning it, have a huge lead, thinking they're going to do it, and of course the caution comes out. And they're pretty much out to lunch when they didn't pit there and Sheldon Creed goes on to win it. Yeah, kind of a heartbreaking moment there and a big one in 2020. It sure was. And then uh, number 14, uh, Kyle, Kyle Bush's bony in the uh, in the truck series. You know, he, you know all of a sudden, uh, Kevin Harvick, he put some money up and uh, and and sure enough, uh, Chase Elliott went and uh, took it to Charlotte, and he won that, and then he uh, uh, donated his winnings to charity. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. But, boy, that got a lot of people interested when they started throwing money into that bounty to beat Kyle Busch. Yeah, how cool was that to throw money and then do charity involved in it? 
so cool. It made a couple of cup drivers want to go down and race in the truck series, which gets a lot of attention and more fans into the truck race, which the trucks put on a fantastic show. Um, but it puts a little more eyes on you when some big heavy hitters from the cup series come down. And yeah, that was awesome. You and I must think alike because I have at number 14, Chase Elliott winning the truck bounty. So that was my 14 moment. So you and I have very similar there. Okay. My 13 uh, pick, I actually have in 13A and a 13B here. I have the Gregson dust up with Burton and also the Gregson dust up with Hertz. So uh, we talked about throughout the year. We have talked to Noah Gregson many a times. It just seemed like he was very aggressive on the track this year and that ruffled a few feathers. So I have those two dust ups at number 13. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Gregson's kind of style, you know, and they kind of try to hold back the reins on him a little bit. But uh, when it got to the end of the season, he was back to his old aggressive self. And uh, uh, boy, has he got a good career coming up, huh? So, you know, I hope he keeps that style, man. It keeps it interesting. Oh, absolutely. You. And, you know, he went away from it from a little bit, and I think his finishes kind of suffered from that because some guys, you just need to go full throttle. If you're going to ruffle people on the way, so be it. You're going to have to deal with that at some point. But Austin, he went back to his old self, and he started running a little further up front again. So uh, Gregson's a very good kid, as, as a lot of these uh, drivers are. But uh, sometimes you're just going to ruffle a little feathers to get to the top. Yep, that's for sure. So at my uh, number 13, uh, Kyle Busch kept his winning streak going. Uh, there, at, Right at the end of the year at Texas, it was amazing that he didn't have no uh, no bonus points or anything through the year. Um, apparently, Kyle Busch needs practice to tune his car in to get it to work, and there was no practice this 2020, and he sure suffered along with Johnny Sauter that they just had a heck of a year in 2020. Absolutely. That was a huge moment uh, for him uh, to keep going there. I have that in my honorable mentions, but uh, yeah, Kyle Busch, uh, not a typical year for him and his team, but they make a few changes in the off season here. I would expect him to get back to um, how they're typically running, even though it'll be a similar year as, as last year with the no practice on lot. I think they'll focus on a few different things since they have a year under their belt with that situation. Well, there's a new crew chief that's going to be in that team now. So, and I'm sure the fire is sure going to burn a lot harder too. Kyle is going to be one dude that we're really going to have to try to beat this next year. Oh, I, I completely agree with you there. All right. Is it my turn for number 12? You're number 12. All right. Um, this one is, this one kind of took up a lot of the year and it's, and it's still going. And I, I wrote it down as the social injustice fiasco. That's the way I worded it. Um, it was a big deal here in 2020, especially with the, uh, the garage rope and the investigation and, and how the teams all stuck together and, um, quite the touchy subject. You know, we, uh, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, we didn't go too in, too uh, in, involved with that, but it was part of the 2020 season about the social injustice. Absolutely. You'll hear my thoughts more on that uh, later on on this list here. Um, but yes, a top moment in 2020 for sure. Uh, my number 12 is the Harvick and Hamlin show throughout most of the year. And in fact, on a lot of those weekends where they ran at the, the same track, 
a day later or later in the day, uh, Harvick would win one and then Hamlin would win one. And it just was the Harvick and Hamlin show throughout most of the year. Although I will say some people have been commenting that Chase Elliott underperformed. But if you, even though he won the championship, if you recall, Chase Elliott could really have seven or eight wins. You know, he had that dust up with Kyle Busch and all that stuff. So Elliott could have been right up there uh, with them all year as well. But for the main part of the year, it was Harvick and Hamlin. It was those two. And we knew that they were going to go and fight it for the final four championships. Yep. So that, that were the two to beat this year or last year. And, uh, and they're, <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be pretty stout this year too. Yeah, that would not surprise me one bit. My number 11 is Sheldon Creed winning the championship and then the unfortunate situation for Brett Moffitt losing the championship. But that is my number 11. Sheldon Creed was great all year long, deserved to be there at the end, and he was able to take it home. Yep. Then that, uh, man, that Phoenix, they put on a good show out there. They picked a good place to have, a, have the championship there. Um, even though after a couple of years, I hope they move it. But right now, Phoenix, that is a good place to have a championship. I completely agree again. So my number 11 was when, uh, when Kyle Larson got fired out of the 42 car. Um, he said something naughty on iRacing and <laughs> don't we all say something naughty every once in a while on there, but anyway. Um, and then what did he do? He just went and got in his dirt car and, uh, and he won wherever he went. Something like 40, I think it's 47 dirt races wherever he went. And, um, and he's apologized and he's done some, um, he's done some inner city work and doing, uh, doing other stuff like that to get him, get corrected and to learn from it. And, um, and he's got himself back into NASCAR. So good for him. Absolutely. What a huge moment. You could almost say going into the social injustice deal itself too, um, just not a word that should be used ever, whether joking or not. And I think Kyle Larson found that out. Um, unfortunate circumstances for him, but you know, the back work that he's done will mean so much to the communities that he's gone into and probably to himself, he probably feels a lot more fulfilled than he would normally. And the work he did was just tremendous and deserves to be back in the cup series um, you know, even he called Bubba Wallace and left him a crying voicemail and, uh, Bubba didn't answer the first few times. He actually reached out to a different social injustice advocate that was working with Kyle Larson and, um, talked to him about the situation and then him and Kyle talked and Bubba Wallace has been a huge advocate for Kyle Larson deserving to getting back in. So I think that says a lot about that situation as well. And Kyle Larson. Yeah. Kyle's going far and beyond what, uh, what it was expected of him. And uh, yeah, it's a learning, a learning deal and everybody should believe in second chances. And if you, if you can change your ways and, uh, and straighten up like that and um, be more uh, respectful, that then it'd be good for him. So um, my number 10 was, uh, when iRacing took over, um, all of a sudden, all sports were shut down and everybody, <laughs> we had nothing to do. And then somebody kind of found out that, hey, iRacing is coming around and it made national TV. They put it on the Fox network mm -hmm. and, and it got us by. It got us by and uh, 
Um, and it's still going strong yet to this day that iRacing is actually out there um, having uh, iRacing on, on computers. On, and so um, quite, quite interesting that iRacing got really popular once when, uh, when the real sport was down. Absolutely. And you know, you, you and I, I raced for a long time. I joined in 2012. I think you were the same year or shortly after me. And I got on there and I was like, holy macro, this feels like what I would think would be the real life deal. And you've seen a lot of people use it as a tool. And yeah, it's not the same as the same thing. And you have some of the traditional crowds saying, you know, why are they broadcasting this instead of local races and all that? There's just a lot of hands that go into it. But to have iRacing as a tool, to have those cup truck and Xfinity drivers have that stage to continue to race and do all that and bring awareness to the sport was incredible. And something that, you know, iRacing, NASCAR, Fox, NBC, all the people that played a factor in it deserve a kudos to them because they kept the eyes on the sport while they were down due to COVID. They were the first ones to fire it back up. And then other sports were looking at it and say, hey, we can do something too. So, yeah, that was pretty good. That was uh, uh, very awesome. Something at the beginning of the year that you wouldn't expect that would happen. And then they made that work. It was pretty cool. Yep, I, uh, I completely agree with that. Uh, my number 10 is Austin Sindrick winning the championship. So my number 11 was Creed. Now I have Sindrick. I, I think the people who win the championship deserve to be on this list at some point. So Austin Sindrick, great season. It was uh, similar to the Cup Series as we just talked. Um, you had Sindrick versus um, Briscoe and the four drivers going at it all season long. So uh, Cindric winning the championship is my number 10. Yeah, that's a good number 10. I, I, when I think about that, I remember how the, the back tire blew the fender right off when he was doing his championship burnout. <laughs> and, uh, wow. Humble, humble family, you know, his mom and dad were there and everything like that. That was really good. And, uh, Hey, he drives a Ford too. That's pretty awesome. Also. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he will get some cup experience and eventually move into that Wood Brothers ride in 2022. This year, he'll be back in the 22 Penske car and then also running select um, cup races uh, in addition to that. So uh, congratulations to all the championship uh, drivers there, and we'll see what happens with Austin Sindrick. Again, his father is the right-hand man at Penske, so you would expect to see him continue that uh, right up and be affiliated with Penske unless something else does occur, which can always happen, I guess. Uh, my number nine is Kevin Harvick missing out on the championship four. Uh, we just talked about it a few, few minutes ago. Again, Harvick versus Hamlin for the majority of the year. Harvick doesn't make it to the championship four. A lot of people think that if you win the regular season, you should advance to the championship. I'm not exactly sure where I stand on that as I speak right now. I'd have to give it some thought, but it's, Within the system, everyone knows that every point is crucial and you cannot have a bad race or two. And that's exactly what happened to Kevin Harvick. And unfortunately, he missed out on the championship four. And that was a huge thing that happened this season. Yep, yep. That's much further up on my list uh, that's on there. Um, Yeah, nobody would think that you could have such a point lead like that and you'd lose it. And uh uh, no lead is safe. Hey, it proves that you have to perform at every race track. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> the, the system, you know, we don't want to be, you know, a lot of people in the racing community don't want to be compared to stick and ball sports, but the playoff sure does have a different atmosphere like it does in the other sports with the same system. So um, I, I think it's just fine the way it works now. It's unfortunate for Kevin, but uh, yep, that was, a, that was a huge moment. It was, it sure was. So, and then on my number nine, um, was the first race of, uh, of speed weeks on, uh, the truck race at Daytona. And, uh, you know, I worked all day and I ran home real fast. And I wanted to see Ty Majeski running the first time in a truck and he made about seven laps and he ended up on his lid and he slid upside down like a quarter mile. And thank God nobody but ran into him while he was upside down. And, uh, and he walked away from that and it was just such a bummer that, you know, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, it just like it was really deflating to see that. Yeah, I had that in my mind when creating this list too. Majeski, unfortunately, wrecking. We know him um, personally and very well. It was unfortunate, and um, glad he walked out of that because that. I mean, as far as he slid on that that uh, lid there, um, there was basically a hole burnt out of it, and glad to see him just get out of there. Yeah, <laughs> had been a scary, scary ride, man, going upside down like that. But, uh, but he walked away, and we say we say a prayer like we always say, and uh, and he ended up safe. So, um, hey, my number eight was uh, was Chase Briscoe's awesome win at Indianapolis at the road course. You know, he was dominating all day, and then all of a sudden there was three, four, four cars that were all into it, going back and forth, and Briscoe kind of gave it away. And if he didn't come back two laps later and he pulled a move down the front stretch on that first 90 degree turn there, turn one. And that turned out to be one of the best races of the, of the year right there. Yeah, it sure was. You know, they're going three wide, almost close to four wide going into turn one there off the front stretch. That uh, That was an incredible, incredible race and one that deserves to be on this list as well. Great pick by you. My number eight is something that I think is probably at the top of the list as far as how many mentions and how many times this thing was talked about. It was the Talladega yellow line incident, the great finish, uh, but Hamlin goes on to win and the controversy that ensued after that. Um, That was my number eight moment. (laughs) It, It was something that was stuck in my mind is this is the thing that was one of the most talked about moments in 2020 and deserved to be in the top 10. You know, I forgot about that, but yeah, there was a lot of uh, ball and strike call on that one. And, uh, you know, we talked about it and uh, we agreed to disagree a little bit, you know, I think the wrong people got penalized and um, it, but yeah, that didn't make my list, but yeah, you're right. That definitely was talked about. (laughs) Yeah, I just remember like, oh man, Twitter and social media is blowing up and NASCAR radio, Channel 90 on Sirius XM just blew up. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was interesting at times, but uh, that's my number eight moment. Uh, number seven for me was Chase Elliott versus Kyle Busch. The incident that happened at Darlington, Kyle Busch turns Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott most likely goes on to win that race with the fresher tires and takes a win away from Hamlin. Unfortunately, he didn't get to do so, and then the rain came. So uh, Chase Elliott famously flipped the bird, 
to Kyle Bush, and there's even a shirt out there saying he's a duck hunter and all this stuff at the Chase Elliott store. Uh, if you're a fan of Chase Elliott, go check that out. I think that's pretty clever. Uh, but Chase Elliott versus Kyle Bush makes my list at number seven. Yep, that mine's up just a little bit further up the list on that one. So number seven. Hey, I was at work and I was uh, and there was a long rain delay at the Xfinity race at uh, Darlington. And I got to sneak in the break room and I got to catch the last 25 laps of the Darlington race. Um, and that was when Chase Briscoe won that emotional win over Kyle Busch. Uh, of all the races this year, I think that one there ranks as the top one that I remember this last year with Chase Briscoe beating Kyle Busch. Yeah, you'll hear my thoughts on that in a, in a little bit here. Mine's uh, a little higher than yours. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, that was a, a top moment as well. And then my number six is how about that rainy weekend at Charlotte? You know, they raced in a monsoon hurricane down there. Um, kind of looked like you can actually drive on the oval with the rain tires. I mean, they made it work. Not too bad of a rooster tail. Um, unbelievable weekend. Uh, they showed that they can actually <laughs> they can run in a very hard rainstorm as long as there ain't lightning. Let, let the boys have at it. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. I taped that one as well and had to come and watch it. And wow, was there a lot of rain and water on that track? Unbelievable. And it, it maybe did show that you can potentially race in the rain on an oval. I'm not sure that they necessarily want to do that or will ever get to it, but it showed that it may be possible. It, it looked like it can be done. I don't know if you can do a little more technology on the tires. The rooster tails is what everybody always thought that that was the problem, and uh, it didn't look like it was much of an issue. So I don't know. I was surprised how well they pulled that off, as much rain that was there. It was crazy. Oh, it was. Yeah, I agree. It was uh, it was kind of shocking at how well they managed that and was certainly a top moment here. Uh, my number six was Chase Elliott winning at Martinsville to advance to the championship four. If he does not win that race, he does not advance. Kyle, uh, excuse me, Kevin Harvick does. So that was a huge moment. Uh, and, you know, you found out one week later how big that was. That was that was the whole – that was a championship within a championship. You know, and, yeah, that was the race that Harvick tried to, tried to uh, make it, and he, he dumped Kyle Busch uh, coming to the line, and he ended up take, taking himself out and – uh, Martinsville, man, that was that was a dandy of a race, and you know to, to have a, a race before the championship like that, that is perfect on the schedule. I'm glad they got that there again this year. Oh, <laughs> you and I, when we saw that coming, you and I circled that one on our calendars and said Martinsville as the uh, third to last race is interesting. How about the second to last race? Uh, going into the championship for a weekend. You and I had that on our schedule for a long, long time. It, we knew it was going to be crazy. It, yeah, and it was, and it will be again. So that they, they got that one right in the right spot. I agree. Uh, my number five, Chase Elliott winning the championship the next week at Phoenix. Uh, I think this propels him to do bigger things in the sport. I think – you know, he has a little bit more confidence saying he can get it done. He's performed under more 
pressure-packed moments this year than he has in the past, and he's put a lot on his shoulders. And uh, incredible moment for the sport. You're talking about the most popular driver winning the championship that hasn't happened since his father did it back in the 80s. I think this could propel the sport to bigger and better things with the most popular driver winning the championship. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, quite the popular guy. You know, his dad was the same way, and it was really cool to see his dad there and uh, giving a big hug afterwards. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, my number five uh, was all, was something that you mentioned before when uh, uh, Kyle booted uh, Elliott at Darlington, you know, and then and then after, yeah, I gave him the bird and all of that. And then and it just so happened the very next week that uh, Chase was dominating at Charlotte and ended up uh, that it didn't work out that way either. And I, I remember Kyle Busch coming up there and putting his arm around him and talking to him about it, you know, and consoling him on that. So, I, uh, yeah, we talked about that one on the, on the five between Kyle and Elliot. And then uh, number four. And it's also Elliott winning the championship, but I, I kind of put a little bit more into it. I It was the high five that he gave to Jimmy Johnson, and they're saying, you know, how this uh, these high fives kind of, you know, go through history, and it's just like it's a, a change of the guard. And, and I remember that high five, and they were mentioning that, saying, you know what, all of a sudden Johnson's going to, you know, move on to other racing and stuff like that. And then maybe Elliot's the one that's going to hold the torch here for a few years. Yep. I uh, was going to mention that as well in my number five moment past Jimmy passing the torch, that uh, iconic photo and moment in history is something that we'll never forget when Jimmy is, you know, going out and his teammate and friend Chase Elliott wins the championship and they're sitting there and Jimmy's more happy for Chase than he would be for himself winning the championship. And you could tell that on the in-car cam. It it says a lot about Jimmy Johnson and you've heard this over the years that he's never changed, even though he was uh, the greatest of all, all time, one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he's never changed and that's just the type of person he is. And, and quite frankly, I think a lot of people know this about me. I didn't like Jimmy winning all those races and those championships, but as it went on, and I think as I got into announcing, I really started appreciating, appreciating, uh, what he did. And maybe that's maturing for me and realizing, you know, there's greatness to be appreciated here, but I can tell you one thing, if you would have asked me 10 years ago, um, what I thought about Jimmy Johnson and, all of this, I would have said, yep, he's one of the best. I don't care for him. My opinion has drastically changed, almost a complete 180. I am actually sad that Jimmy is leaving the sport. I think he had a rough few last years that weren't um, necessarily a reflection on him, and he deserved to go out better. But unfortunately, he doesn't, and I can't wait to see what he has in store. Him, Chase Elliott, a few others are running the Rolex 24. He's going into the IndyCar season, running the road courses. I think it's going to be incredible to see what he does and puts more eyes on the sport of racing just than NASCAR. I think that's going to be just incredible. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to make me watch IndyCar racing because I'm going to be interested in it and see how he does. So, you know, he's going to build a fan base over on the IndyCar side too. So, yeah, once when somebody wins a lot, it's always that way in racing. When somebody wins a lot after a while, so, you know, all fans want somebody else to win when somebody wins too much. But uh, 
you know, after they go away, you know, or their careers are over, then you kind of look back and say, holy smokes, they, uh, you know, a lot of people didn't like Jeff Gordon in the day, you know, and, and then after he's gone, just like, you know what, he was rather awesome, you know, so put a lot of fannies in the seats, you know, so, yep, that's the way it works in racing once when you win too much. Yep, absolutely. And I have told myself after I started realizing this more over the last seven, eight years uh, that I will appreciate no matter who wins. Um, and, and maybe it's a little easier for me, too, because now I don't have a specific favorite driver. Maybe that has eased it a little bit, too. But um, I tell you what, I'm going to appreciate all the moments I always have, but not as much in a different way, I guess you'd say so. Um, again, kudos to Jimmy Johnson on a, on a great career and Chase Elliott, you know, him passing the torch there was certainly a top moment, um, in 2020. Uh, my number four was the return to racing. We had this big, long layoff due to COVID. What weren't sure if we were ever going to get back to racing, how that was going to look and all that NASCAR and racing, uh, you know, UFC did come back just before NASCAR, uh, but NASCAR was one of the first and they did an awesome job. Couldn't have done any better. Hardly any COVID incidents when they, when they got back to racing, did it, did a great thing. Protocols were in place. Uh, kudos to NASCAR and the sport of racing for making everything work as well as it did, because you didn't know where you're going to, where you're going to come back at all. And then when you did, is it how long is this going to last? And we got a full season in, and that is something that uh, should be praised to the, to the highest here. You know, they, uh, they changed the schedule around and some tracks they didn't go to and, you know, and that all affects sponsorship and, you know, and uh, yeah, they, they did a heck of a job of trying to to get a complete season. And uh, um, sure at the time didn't seem like that was going to happen. And uh, Hey, they pulled it off. That's a good deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. My number three moment is Chase Briscoe winning at Darlington after his wife experienced a miscarriage, uh, something that hit hits home for me. And, uh, you know, it was uh, I'm man enough to say that I was tearing up and had some tears in my eyes and, and cried a little bit after he won that because going through something like that and and, uh, you know, other things similar to that. I can't imagine. And he said it himself, he's sitting in there crying during the race is going on. Can you imagine going how fast they're going while crying and going through that and being away from your wife while she's going through probably the most difficult uh, thing of her life and something that you wanted is as bad as she did. Um, it's hard to put into words because it's, it's just incredible. And, and certainly for me, a top three moment in 2020. Yeah, that's uh, well deserving, man. I mean, everybody saw that how emotional that was, and it's uh, boy. But that still turned out. That still turned out to be the best race. I and I was so glad I got to see that race live. Um, there was so much rain that was going on there. That race was supposed to run like at eleven o'clock in the morning, and you know, and here it was four thirty in the afternoon. I just kind of went on the phone and say, "Well, I wonder how what I, I was going to go look at the results," and all of a sudden, hey. There's still 23 laps to go here. All right, you know, it's like I sat in the break room and got to watch the best race of the year. So, so my uh, my number three was uh, also you know the first race back when Harvick won at Darlington and he got out of the car and he looked up at the crowd 
and there was nobody there. It was all you could hear was the crickets, you know, and and uh, I think uh, it, that that's when it really set in when you get out and there's no fans there to cheer you on. I mean, what a what an empty victory. Um, and I can still remember Harvick just looking up at, at the stands and just like, wow, you know, this is completely different and crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that was my four moment was coming back to racing, but Kevin, I'll, I'll always remember that too. Him looking up and being like, this is, uh, this is stoic winning with no, not a single sound, no booze, no cheers, nothing. Um, <laughs> can you imagine, you know, what you're used to getting out and whether it's booze, cheers, there's some noise and then you get out of the car and there's literally zero noise. Um, you didn't think about it until he said something and then you're like, huh, yeah, that would be very strange and stoic as he said. And, uh, wow. Um, certainly, certainly something that sticks in my mind for 2020. You know, just, that's gotta be such an empty feeling and just like, you know, all right, grab your trophy, go get your picture taken and, and go home, you know, and, I'm, it shows just how, how important the crowds and the, are at, at events, you know, not at all sports, you know, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we turn the corner here and we can get, uh, get back to normal on that. So, and then uh, my number two, well, that's where you brought back when uh, Harvick lost, lost his big point lead. That was my number two. And, you know, it all happened in one corner. He came out of turn two. And there was a, it was misting that day. As you looked at the camera, uh, the in-car in cameras, it was definitely looked like it was raining, but it wasn't making the track wet. But um, Harvick just come out of two in, uh, in Texas, and it just didn't steer, and he hit the wall. And um, had three days to look at it, you know, and they, they fixed it, and they tried to get it going. But it's amazing how that started all the whole um, – whole thing that happened with Harvick that ended up losing his championship there. Um, so yeah, that was my number two. Yeah. I had that exact moment in my mind when I was going through this list with him not missing out or with him missing out. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, these, it wasn't making the track wet, but it looked like he was just a little bit higher than he had been all day. And it just in turn. And that was, that ended up being the end of his championship there, especially with him not running well at Martinsville. Um, yeah, just, just unfortunate. Um, but a, a top moment. Yeah, it sure was. And I bet you our number ones are both identical because that was the biggest deal of 2020. I would not be surprised either. My number two is the rally behind Bubba Wallace, the social injustice, as you brought up a, a little bit ago. Um, you know, for, for them to support a minority in the sport is a monumentous moment. And if my number one didn't happen, that would certainly be number one, because what an incredible moment. Um, I can't imagine being Bubba in that situation. Um you know, he didn't have anything to do with what was being reported and the investigation and all that, but he was being told what they had thought and what was being investigated. And to go from that emotion to everyone standing behind you to that emotion and then getting out there and 
going into a race that is one of, if not the most mentally grueling races out there is hard to fathom. And the way the sport and the drivers and the teams all came out to support him under that uh, circumstance, whether or not you agree with what was investigated or not is I have, I, it's hard to describe it because it's, it's just a monumentous moment that needed to happen. And I am so glad to be able to talk about the support that they gave him because, uh, it, the only word that comes to mind is incredible. And I've said that a few times in here, but just incredible and so happy that the sport came uh, behind him and gave him the support that needed to happen. Could you imagine if that did not happen where he was on his own Island and the only ones that would be in his face would be the media and everybody else would be standing on the sidelines. Could you imagine the, uh, how, how that would look? Um, as to every sports fan that was out there. I mean, if you, if you look at it the opposite direction, it, it, um, wow, that would have been crazy if it would have went the other way. So, yeah, it's one big family. And, uh, and uh, yeah, <laughs> when you think of it that way, you know, it's, uh, yeah, they did a good job. Um, yep, they I, all stick together, and that's the way it should be. I can – I didn't even think about that. What, what if it went the other way? Um I'm not surprised the way it went, and maybe that's why I really wasn't thinking about that, but that is an excellent point. What if it goes the other way? My gosh. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> how would you feel being a minority in the sport and going through the things that you went to and then not having that sport? Oh, my God. It's, that is hard to think about and hard to fathom, but I'm glad it, it went the way it did. Uh, unfortunate incident. You and I talked about it on the podcast that we did during that time was this is a time to reflect and say, can I be a better person? I think there's always a time where you can say I can be a better person. And that brought it to the limelight there. Yep. Yep. And a lot of people can take lessons from that whole situation there. So. Absolutely. Well, as you said, I think our number ones are probably similar. Mine was Ryan Newman surviving the Daytona 500 accident. He was in and walking out of the hospital with his girls a few days later, that was my number one moment because it, it, it was just an unreal thing that occurred. And, and actually for me, I had to tape it because it ran on a Monday and I had to work. So I had to come home and, and watch it from the, from the beginning there on recording. And I got a call just about as I was coming up to 75 laps to go or so saying uh, from a friend who said, uh, Hey, who died? And I, I knew nothing about it. And I tried to tell my friend, I said, I don't know anything about it. He's like, you know, nothing. I was like, nothing. I've stayed off my phone, stayed off the radio. I know zero. Um, and he's like, well, I just have to ask you who died. And I, I was like, what are you talking about? And I didn't look it up at that time or anything like that. I watched it and I was under the assumption that he had passed away in the accident. I immediately seeing the finish go on my phone and find out that that may not necessarily be the case, but you don't know. Um, it just <laughs> hard. It, it was just such a, just a hard moment to, to go through and relive just like number two was. Yeah. I remember, uh, yeah, I had a couple of friends over here down at the man cave and we watched the end of the race and, and we saw that and it's just amazing how, uh, 
a 3,000 pound race car can get booted, you know, I punted. And then with the fluids coming out of it and oh my God. And you, yeah, you kind of think like this, this doesn't look good. And it was, you know, such a scary incident and uh, man, and you know, it didn't catch on fire. And that was, you know, the Lord was on Ryan's side that day. If that car would have started on fire, I don't know if they would have got him out of there. And, uh, yeah, walked out of the hospital three days later. And, hey, he's going to be racing at the Chili Bowl coming up here in two weeks. So, you know, he's back. He got the wheel in his hand. And, boy, wouldn't it be sweet if he could win the 500 this year? That would be cool. Yeah, you know, it's, I, Austin, his name came up for the Chili Bowl. And I was like, you know, he's just a racer. That just shows he's a racer. It's a different mindset. doesn't matter that that happened. He survived it. He's still going to race. That That's what he does. Uh, just a totally different mindset than a lot of people would uh, have in their mind after something like that happens. But yeah, speaking of the chili bowl, I'm looking forward to that. The Tulsa shootout was just this past weekend and put on a good show there, but yeah. Um, speaking, if you, if you could go and do well at the chili bowl and the Daytona 500, what a redemption story that would be. Yeah. They got flow racing is on flow. Uh, what is that flow video or flow? And uh, you get that, and uh, and you can watch racing from from down there um, through the whole next couple of weeks down there. So pretty cool stuff. Yep, yep. Full racing is exactly what it's on, and uh, I believe the Chili Bowl itself will still be on MAV TV as it has been the fa- past few years. So be on the lookout for that. It's something that uh, you definitely want to watch. It's uh, you know, it's the Daytona 500 of that style racing. So. You definitely want to tune in for that. Mark, did you have any other moments that were kind of honorable mention there? You know, you mentioned a few of them there. You know, uh, the other ones I I seen was uh, when Matt Crafton broke a 67 race uh, uh, losing streak and he he won a race. That was one that was up there. Um, I pretty much covered just uh, pretty much much what I needed to – get on my top 20 list there. So how about you? What's your honorable mention? I had a few and, and craft and winning was not one of them. That is a great moment to think about as well. Uh, I, I don't have these in any specific order, but just the way I wrote them down, uh, Austin Dillon winning at Texas, getting that win, um, secured his spot back into the, the playoffs there for the first time in a few years. So uh, that was a, a big moment. Uh, Rafael Lassard getting his first win at Talladega. You kind of touched on on that in, in general as your number 20. Um, I also have Almendinger winging on the oval for the first time. So, again, you kind of cover that. Uh, Grant Enfinger edging Jordan Anderson at Daytona in that truck race that you mentioned. Um, Ty Majeski having his accident at. Um, it seems like it was a few years ago now at this point, but – Jordan Anderson was just about to win that race and Enfinger gets enough draft and pushes him up a little, little ways and takes the win away from Jordan Anderson, who was definitely an underfunded team. Um, Anderson still had a smile on his face, felt like a win for him, but what a moment that would have been if Jordan Anderson could have won that race. Uh, Definitely a huge moment for me. And then one thing that I definitely remember from this season too is, all of the hard hits that Ryan Priest took, specifically that one at Kansas, I think it was. Um, wow, he uh, he had a little bit of a rough season and had a few hard hits. 
Kansas, Kansas backstretch wall took a beating last year, you know, and so, uh, yeah, that's always, uh, uh, for some reason, Kansas brings out the worst on that backstretch there. And uh, another one of mine was uh, actually going to Road America and, uh, and watching live racing there, watching the uh, Xfinity series there. And it was just, uh, we, we beat the weather that day and it turned out a super fun day. And uh, yeah, being at Road America was pretty cool this year too. So that was part of the 2020. Yep, I had that in mind as well. Um, yeah, that was that was awesome. And, and think about <laughs> they got the Cup race this year. I know it's July Fourth weekend. I don't think you're going to go. I'm going to try my hardest to go. Uh, planning on going as of right now if they allow it. So uh, looking forward to that. But so many big moments. This was just our top twenty uh, in 2020 difficult year for multiple reasons but still a lot to be thankful for and still a lot of big moments as we just mentioned yeah yeah it's a, it's a stepping stone of the ladder there so you know it's uh um it still was a very successful season we we made the best of it and uh and it proved that it could be done and we'll uh we'll do it again in 2021 man Yep. Well, let's uh, let's recap our championship projections here, Mark. I have them written down. So let's start with the uh, truck series. I have to laugh at you for a minute because after we did our first podcast uh, back in January, we had picked all these championship and you had actually picked 12 truck drivers. So there's a little asterisk next to your name here. Uh, but you had picked uh, <laughs> seven correct drivers. You had... Um, uh, Eckes, Austin Hill, uh, Zane Smith, Brett Moffitt, Matt Crafton, Brent Enfinger, and uh, Ben Rhodes. Uh, correctly, you had Lassard in there as well, who didn't make it, Krause, who didn't make it, Sauter, who didn't make it, Majeski, and Friesen, who also didn't, didn't make it. You missed putting in Sheldon Creed, Tyler Ankrum, and Todd Gilliland. I also had seven correct, but less wrong. <laughs> I had... Uh, Creed, Eckes, Moffitt, Gilliland, Crafton, Enfinger, and Rhodes correct. I had Sauter, Majeski, and Friesen incorrect. So that means I missed out on Thane Smith, Austin Hill, and Tyler Ingram. And looking back at this, I can't believe that I didn't include Austin Hill in there, but it must have been for some reason. Um, hmm. But great job by, by you and I getting seven correct there. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Uh, even though I took twelve, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all right. We will uh, we'll have to pick again this year and see where it goes. Absolutely, I, I can't wait for the new season for us to do this again. We're a little bit more seasoned at doing this, so we'll do a better job of it. But um, how about the Xfinity? Twelve drivers. We got eleven correct. Both of us. We we both had Annette, Allgaier, Gregson, Chastain, Haley, Herbst, Jones, Burton, Sindrick, Sieg, and Briscoe. Those are the ones we hit on. We missed putting in, uh, or we had Jesse Little in. He did not make it. Instead, it was Brandon Brown. So eleven of twelve. That's even better. Yeah, we kind of knew that the talent was a little bit a uh, little bit short in the Xfinity series. So that kind of doesn't surprise me much. A lot more. It seemed like there's a lot more talent in the truck series this past year. Yeah, yeah. You know, I agree to a point with that. I would say that um, the Xfinity series does a great job, and I know you feel that way too. But still, there's usually some surprises there. So to only get one wrong, um, I thought I was pretty surprised at the 
Cup Series, we um, did okay. We um, You had Bush, Keselowski, Harvick, Elliott, Hamlin, Blaney, Boyer, Bush, Truex, Pagano, and Byron, correct? You had Redican, who didn't make it, Jones, um, Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, Jimmy Johnson, and Christopher Bell all in. So you had one, two, three, four, five wrong. And your rookie year was Reddick, which was also incorrect because Custer won, so he automatically got it. Um, I also had Bush, Kozlowski, Harvick, Elliott, Almirola, Hamlin, Blaney, Boyer, Bush, Truex, uh, Logano, Byron, and Bowman. Uh, so I had incorrectly Eric Jones, Kyle Larson, and Jimmy Johnson, meaning you missed out on Austin Dillon, Matt Benedetto, Cole Custer, and Alex Bowman. I missed out on Austin Dillon, Matt Benedetto, and Cole Custer. And the rookie of the year I had is Bell. It was Custer again. So uh, overall, not uh, not too bad. Your cup champion and my cup champion was Kevin Harvick, so we missed out on that. Um, you had the Xfinity Series champion correct as well. So not only did you get 11 of 12 correct on the Xfinity, but you got the champion. You had Cindric, I had Briscoe, and then we both missed out on the champion for the Truck Series. You had Friesen, I had Eckes. So... Uh, overall, not too bad and a lot of fun to do this. Uh, like I said, I can't wait to do it next year. Yes, sir. Yep. So it's uh, all good stuff right there, man. Oh, uh, it's it's been a joy doing this for me. It was funny listening back to the first podcast. We've definitely come a long way here. I appreciate everything that you've done uh, to get this off the ground with me and something that I look forward to uh, continuing to grow and uh, – Man, it, it just means a lot, uh, your support and everyone's support. So um, thank you to everyone who listens, supports us, and, and especially to you, Mark, who joins me on this very often, um, almost every time, and, and gives your thoughts and opinions and, and guesses. It's, uh, it's, it's such a joy. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff, man. So I hope everybody had a, a great holiday, a good Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year, and and uh, they'll be racing uh, less than six weeks. The, the 24 is coming up, and uh, the Chili Bowl is coming. So there's there's some racing coming up here very shortly. So so hang on. It's, it's, it's right around the corner, man. Yep, I echo those sentiments. Hope everyone had a great holiday season. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all and hearing from you um, uh, this next season here. We got a lot in store, so... Uh, we look forward to, to seeing you and, and hearing from you soon. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go racing. I'm ready. <laughs> let's let's go. All right, Mark. Uh, thanks again. And, and uh, hey, I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you later, man. This has been a production of Double L Sports Network. Hope you all enjoyed it. And thank you for listening.